I, I think we might as well just hit record because you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. All uh, rules are out the fucking window today. Man. All rules are out the fucking window. It's so uh, hey everybody, welcome to horror vomit kinda. Um, <laughs> we're still horrible and we still vomit. Yeah, uh, consistently all over each other. Mm-hmm. It's a real sloppy mess over here. But uh, so James and I have uh, come to a decision that since not only are writers on strike, but SAG is also on strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the next film that we were going to cover is an actual studio picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet we, we'd probably be fine to do indies and what have you. But you know what? Fuck movies for mm-hmm. the moment. Yeah, because most movies are made by the studio system. And what they're doing right now is rap rim motherfucking Hansible. The, the last, the, the one that killed me the most is they, they have somebody on record saying, yeah, we're just going to wait them out. They got to fucking pay rent eventually. Yeah, they're, they're trying to starve them out, which is... Yeah, typical union bullshit. Well, or I mean... T- typical, it, you know... It, it's like it, fucking union steel in like 1900. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. No, we're just evil, blatantly evil, and we're going to be evil, and fuck you. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I we, we have episodes lined up we have a couple of uh hpv in the can one of which featuring mr james marino that uh all of that will be released after uh some sort of an agreement has been come to because like we said we are not supporting any of that bullshit fuck them fuck the man fuck them in the neck so we decided to do a little bit of just a general interest because uh we this is a pretty niche podcast Mm -hmm. we we fit in ways to uh Unniche it a little bit. Kind of talk about ourselves a little, but uh, we, we kind of wanted to pivot in this time to just kind of stuff that we like. Because if you think about it, we did, uh, what, 10 minutes on hip-hop and what, two episodes ago? We did 15 minutes on food, almost three or four episodes, and we constantly talk about our love. Of stuff. Mm-hmm. So why don't we just dis- dispense with a little bit of the movie and we can talk about other shit we love. Yeah. So uh, what you got, James? Mm-hmm. What do you want? What do you? I, I'll open the floor to you first. First, I if, would if like, you would like to go first. If not, I, I I will absolutely do so. I'm going to start with my two of my biggest on almost long time loves, um, funk music, and a form of salsa called boogaloo. Ooh boy! And um, boogaloo salsa. If you're familiar with salsa at all, it's almost like a fania. There's a lot of horns. It's real dancey. Um, okay, it, what what a fania? Please explain that not only to me, but anyone listening who is. Oh, Fania is a form of salsa specifically. A lot of things, like a lot of salsa styles are based on dances, like merengue, mambo. Fania is a style too. Um, For me, the Fania that I've listened to, a lot of horns and again, real lively, um, a lot of Cuban beat, a lot of Afro rhythms, that type of thing. And I think that's why I like the Boogaloo salsa because I grew up with funk. Um, But the Boogaloo hits me in a lot of different spots. I discovered ska before Boogaloo. And when I say ska, I'm not talking about just punk ska. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like, you know, two-tone, old school. And right around that same time, a lot of different types of music were getting influenced from like rhythm and blues, that kind of music. And What, what time period are we talking about? We're talking um, late 50s up to about 60, like say late 50s up to about 67, 68 were the last holdouts for the nightclubs and stuff where the bands were still rolling like all that. Right, all right. Like I said, I, I don't know anything about this, right. so I'm going to ask you questions. No, that's fine. I, I think you are the person to answer them. But right around, if you think around between 65 and 70 is like the sweet spot for, you know, that kind of ska, a lot of that horn driven R&B, you know, still having horns and still being relevant. Because if you think about it, prior to that, there were horns in rock, but that was Bill Haley and the Comets, right? Oh, dude, I love Bill Haley and the Comets. Right. Well, I fucking love horns and any music. Horns, accordion, all that shit. Tubas, fucking give it to me. And you don't like Hanoi rocks. <laughs> no. I'm sorry for interrupting. Razzle can eat, eat an entire bowl of gentle. Hey, hey, all right, all right. That he doesn't like. All right. Anyway. Go on about your ska. Well, anyway. Uh, during that time, so... Ah, fuck, I forgot what I was talking about. That's okay. I'll run, I'll loop back. Last thing I remember, okay. The big nightclub scene, go out dancing, that kind of stuff. So a lot of music was similar, and it it hits that same spot as Ska did. And uh, it's just, it's it's smooth, almost jazzy, but it's got like a, a fire to it. It hits me in the same spot like punk rock hits me. Like, um... 
just any good music that gets you to emote. And uh, it, it just is one of my big loves. I think I love it mostly because of my love of funk. And uh, unfortunately, so, I think uh, this is the last year Mr. Clinton will be touring. So it, you said it, it hits you in the same way that like punk rock hits you. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know much about like uh, Spanish influence music. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it that I've heard anyway, it, it might just be mariachi, but a lot of it's not like super technical. It's more uh, upbeat mm. and fat. Like I said, it's, it's not like uh, guitar wizards or anything on these well, songs. But let, let, me ref let me show you something because I think you're missing a big spot. Most mariachi that you've heard was probably a band walking by in the restaurant or you heard somebody in the kitchen with the music coming out. You weren't right up on it. It is uh, very technical and very produced. Even, even the simple stuff you hear just on the radio now, um, there's a lot that you, there, what you are not going to see is long solos, okay? But what you will see is some incredible musicianship, especially from the Boogaloo's, um, the Boogaloo end. A lot of these guys were old jazz cats. You know, guys played in every band. Let, let's take um, New York in 65. Big bands were over at, what, 45, 50? Yeah, I, uh, I mean, it, Sinatra hung yeah. on until about the 60s, like early yeah. 60s, but that was about the crest. Rat, yeah, of, right around the end of the Rat Pack is about 64, 65, and that's when this music was taking off. Right. A lot of the guys, there were, uh, I was going to talk about nightclubs early, but night, you know how like we you sit home, watch TV, or do a podcast, that kind of stuff? People used to go out for the night to a nightclub. They'd have dinner, dancing, music, comedy. They'd spend five hours in the club, mm -hmm. you know, and it was a whole scene. And we were talking about union. A lot of these musicians that I'm talking about, they had huge union halls, and they were just dying for work. And the big bands, you know, they went from 40 pieces to six-piece combos, even the, or even the jazz bands. Dizzy Gillespie used to pull an entire orchestra with him. He went down to a six-piece because the money... You, you couldn't do that. So all these guys were out of work. All these incredible, amazing, virtuos, you know, virtuoso um, styles are showing up on little, in little clubs, on tiny labels, on things that, you know, we talk about. You know, you can go out right now and listen to just about any kind of music. You didn't hear salsa outside of neighborhoods. Um, there were, like, uh, she, Pete Rodriguez. Um, Pete Rodriguez um, did Bang Bang, and um, I like it like that. Cardi B uh, cut something from that. That's the style. Hey, baby, I like it like that. I like it like that. And she used that as a, um, a beat for it, so it's still rele relevant. But he was the one who made it big. But these guys all came out of the union halls and started all these incredible little bands and these tiny combos all over New York from, like, 1960 all the way up through the 80s. And that music came out of it. So you, I, I want to play you a couple things. Even I want to play you some traditional Norteña. Because you may have not heard it well. Because a lot of times if I'm playing shit in the kitchen, I'm putting, it, I'm putting it in a pan for, you know, an acoustic. So I can be louder. But if you've ever heard it, heard it. And gave it more than, okay, that's oompa, oompa, oompa. Oh, wait, they're playing something in there. I, I, can, I can actually show you some stuff. Yeah, uh, my main experience with Spanish language music it was when I lived in Denver, mm -hmm. and the kitchen that I ran, I was the only white dude there, and I'm not going to take the radio. Oh, no. And not I mean, if you want to have a staff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, and the dude that I was working with, cool as shit, he never gave me any troubles about being the white guy or whatever. Right. Like, they'd tell me what the songs were about and everything. Mm. It's like, man, some of these songs are fucking bananas. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hip you to this guy as Nathaniel Canal. And he does this one song called 28 Gramos. It's that weight of your heart. But he's talking about pouring out, pouring out beer in the streets and how your, your heart weighs 28 grams, but somehow it can also weigh 10 tons watching your, watching your brothers die on the street. I mean, it's like some real street shit. And I'm like, and he's playing it to a trap beat. And so he's taking old corridos, right? This whole, this whole like, history of music right and he's putting a trap beat on it you don't even notice it until you've heard it the fourth time you know and and that's some real incredible shit and i think that a lot of times you will only get the top 40 stuff 
you know? And if you know anything about how I listen to music, I start with top 40 and find out where it came from. And then I keep digging mm-hmm. and digging and digging and find out where it all came from. And then look to see which one's mixed again. And I can show you some of that Spanish music because I've got everything from um, God uh, Los Carnales, which is a punk ska outfit out of California, to uh, Cafe Tacuba, which does like as old Aztec beats and old weird stuff mixed in with uh, Joe Strummer. You know, yeah, they all have Joe Strummer sing on a song. So I got a whole bunch of shit for you to check out if you want to see Spanish music. Yeah, because I mean, it's, or Spanish that's, language music. That's it's a huge blind spot, like. I, I know effectively nothing. I couldn't tell you a single song that I had heard the entire year that I worked with these guys. But at some point, I I personally had to tune it out because, again, when I don't understand what's... It's like listening to Rammstein. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, this is fine, I guess. Except for that, you know, their singer's a fucking rapist. Yeah. But uh, it, it just it loses my interest a lot quicker. Like I said, I can sit and watch a foreign film mm-hmm. because I can read what's happening. Right. But just to sit and listen to a song like, okay, well that was fine. And I, I do appreciate like the upbeat musicianship. And I, I was going to, since before you proved me wrong, I was going to liken it to almost the Ramones where it's kind of like the repetitive kind of like, Oh, there is okay, that. Well, here's this part of the song, this part of the song, this part of the song. It's two and a half minutes long, get in, get out. And it was fun. Mm-hmm. Well, then you've got bands too, like El Tri. L3 is like a, they, they're, their big album, their big live album, they played live at a jail. But they're a straight-up rock band. But they're Mexican, and the, the music, you can hear it. But that is raw. That is very Ramon style. But there are other bands like, uh, God damn it, Caifanes, yeah, which are experimental. You know, every kind of music there is that we have is there in a different form. And I can't wait to show you some of this. I didn't, I didn't know you had that much of a blind spot. Yeah. Like I said, it's, it was literally just my experience with working with them cool ass Mexican dudes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they'd tell me like, Oh yeah, this is about a guy who, uh, he shot his wife. And then it turns out that his goat was, um, a magic goat who then, uh, killed him in the streets. Cause he had killed his wife for cheating on it or something. I was just like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Like, I would like to say that and, they were and, making that up to fuck with you, but they weren't. No, I know. And that's why I looked at my buddy Saul, because he would always be the kind of guy that, you know, when they would f- not fuck around to be mean, but, you know, just say shit in Spanish and then tell me the wrong thing. I'd always look at Saul and he'd just shake his head. <laughs> <Yep>. No. <laughs> like, all right, what did they say? And then he'd tell me. And it was never anything like mean or disrespectful no. or anything. It was just. But, you know, some of the songs are, hey, dude, I. I've been fucking working over in the States for three years, sending my entire paycheck back, and Sancho's got my girl. Yeah, yeah, and uh, one of the things that, like, it has nothing to do with the, like, audio music itself, but, like, them telling me about some of these guys. Like, oh, yeah, this guy, he's he not around anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did something to piss off the cartels, and they shut down part of the highway, like, six cars and just killed everybody because they knew he was going to be in one of them. Well, there is an entire... Like, Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> there's an entire thing of music by, for, and around the cartels. <laughs> Damn. And you wouldn't know it if you didn't know anything about it. But some bands are just straight up... That band is from that cartel. That's it. Mm-hmm. Nobody says anything because you can't. <laughs> so... I, I guess then I would like to transition us into the funk portion then, oh. because that's something that I have slightly more experience with. Well, because I, I was going to ask you though, how those two kind of, how you were going to relate them to each other. Well, I'm going to tell you. I, I know <laughs> I was being a professional broadcaster. No, no, I appreciate you. Um, <laughs> we got to go way back again. Um, with funk. Oh God. Well, my history of funk it starts with disco. Because I'm old. Mm-hmm. And I was confused as to why, like, because I'm multiracial. Like, all my fucking disco sucks, and they had the disco demolition. I had cousins went to that. You know, when they were burning disco records uh-huh. at Comiskey Park. You know? <laughs> the, that whole ordeal. Yeah. My cousins were there. Damn. And for me, I was like, why the fuck disco is this shit? Because all people think of as disco is the Bee Gees. And the Bee Gees fine they're okay but they're not disco to me disco is dance 
music. And um, funk and a lot of the music that I love comes specifically from blues traditions. Um, and a lot of uh, a mix between like southern style, southern style, um, like traditional blues, rhythm, blues, that type of thing mm-hmm. mixed with a little bit of rock. In fact, if you think of um, like the parliaments were the parliaments, they were doo-wop band first. And then they were funk. I didn't know that. Yeah. They were the parliaments. Oh, I I am going to listen to that as soon as we are done here because I had no idea. That is very appealing to me. And then they they became a funk outfit, you know, little by little. Basically, James Brown. Oh, dude, I fucking love James Brown. Okay, if you love James Brown, almost three quarters of the funk you have ever heard from whatever band you've heard it were originally members of James Brown's band, Bootsy Collins. The Divine Bootsy played for him. Mm-hmm. Maceo Parker played for JB and Parliament. A lot of these cats would go out and they would sit with the Ohio players. They would sit with whoever. And they would take this music and they would mix everything. And then they would get it funky. They would let it stew. They, would, they were the original jam bands. <laughs> they would smoke crack cocaine until it got funky. Yes, and they would play for 10 hours. Uh-huh. And, um, for example, I, I wouldn't say that all funk bands are jam bands. There's one specific, like, if you want the fish of funk, if you want to say that, you know. They would, like, noodle around on stage and develop their next album on tour. They'd play their old hits and they'd play new stuff and they would jam for a half hour on stage and go back. But I will tell you the difference and why I like funk and not jam bands. Funk makes sense. They noodle for a reason and it comes back around. It's not going to be, you know, three minutes of what other things can we do on the G string? No, there's a point to it, and they're going to come back to it. And, and, and I love that about funk. See, and that's one of those things that, like, that would be a very hard barrier for me to get through because I do not like jam bands, like, yeah. in almost any respect. And I don't even know if, uh, would you consider Credence a jam band? No, I consider but, Credence a skiffle band. So uh, the thing that like always lodges in my mind, and I call them a jam band just because of a heard it through the grapevine, where it's that one bass line for, I swear, like eight fucking minutes. Like, guys, reel it in. Gotcha. Because I am fucking done with this. And uh, I guess it, it, it does transfer over into other songs like... Uh, can't you hear me knocking by the stones mm-hmm. like that that song's a lot longer than you would anticipate nah, nah, because on, uh, the 15th time you knocked on heaven's door you should fucking stop no uh can't you hear me knocking? i know but i'm but, singing oh, yeah. a knocking on heaven's door or, does the same or even goddamn like thing. my favorite alice cooper song of all time halo of flies mm. the actual song deep pull yeah the actual song is about a third of the song mm-hmm. the rest of it is yeah them playing and i always just fucking skip it but the part where it's like an actual you know three to four minute mm-hmm. rock and roll song is fucking gold but i, I just can't do the noodling around no, no, for... and i get it and and when i say when i say that i'm specifically talking about ohio players funk songs can go up to 10 minutes they lose even lose me okay like yeah. part of funk and teleki after about 10 minutes i'm like okay i got it closed you you're you're done i'm not on the same coke you are i get it but the sweet side I think specifically for Parliament, the sweet spot's between three and five minutes. You give me a flashlight, fucking A. Um, there's a band, too. Um, Want to talk about, like, a, a just greasy and dirty sounding? Um, the Neville Brothers were in a band, a funk band, before they were the Neville Brothers. They were the meters, the funky meters. And they've got the, their drummer is this guy called Zigaboo Modaliste. And the way this man drums is unlike any funk I've ever heard. And I, I can't even describe to you. I get goosebumps talking about the way this man plays. Yeah, visual confirmation, yes. Um, I will play you some of his stuff. You've heard it. You just don't know you've heard it. You know, like uh, the, um, there was a meter song in one of the uh, Ocean's Eleven movies. And I'll, I'll, I'll get you hip to it. But because of the, my love of funk, I found how much funk has greased itself into all different forms of music. And how we can't get away from it. Hip-hop, 
um, rock leans into funk. Um, Dude, there is Dave a- Grohl is on record saying that that shit from Nirvana, you know, from um, Nevermind, that was he stole that directly from the Gap band. You know that part where it's like at the beginning, yeah, that's note for note a Gap band song. He's like, I'm a fucking disco drummer. Yeah, to just proving your point, uh, Nuclear Assault, the uh, thrash band from New York, Mm -hmm. I believe it's on Game Over. They have a song where it's just an instrumental. It's like two, three minutes of them just like playing fast thrash funk. Mm -hmm. And it's fucking wild. It's the business, man. Um, But yeah, it, it, it permeates everything. And what I love about funk and I love about certain types of salsa is it won't discriminate fuck let's try it let's see if it works with salsa hey fuck let's see if it works with funk and i love that about it because they're they were willing to try anything and they did if you've listened to any of the funkadelic albums have you oh i again i i had the uh aversion because in my mind it was a lot of 12 14 minute songs oh they are guilty as charged but if you got an album, I'll just take any Parliament album. There'll be maybe one 14-minute song, maybe one 10-minute song. And the rest are fucking slappers. The, you know what the 10-minute songs are for? When you want to dance all night. No, thank you. And I did. I am too old to dance all night. And I continually hang out with people that don't like to dance. Yeah. Nope. No, thank so, you. You know, but that, but th- those are for a reason. You got a 12-minute funk song. People put it on. They'll loop two or three of them together to have a night, and they're dancing. Everybody's having a good time. Mm-hmm. I defy you to do that with a fucking Grateful Dead song. Well, and I mean, <laughs> the other thing that, and I'm going to use James Brown specifically, mm. just because, I mean, it's one thing to listen to a James Brown record, because that's what I have. You know, it's 2023. I can't raise the dead yet. Mm-hmm. But you go back and watch some of the live videos and holy fucking shit, man. And I know, obviously, he was called the hardest working man in show business for a reason. But him and George Clinton, it was a spectacle to watch them. Mm-hmm. And I completely understand how, like you were saying, in the neighborhoods and these little clubs, if I went and there was 30 people in some dingy underground club in New York, and they were playing salsa. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm going to hang out. Mm-hmm. This, this looks cool. Well, they used to play smaller venues too, even bigger venues, but I saw them at this tiny... It wasn't even the original Cubby Bear. This is the one like out in the, the suburbs, okay? They landed the mothership, and Bootsy joined them for three songs. Now, that may not sound like a lot to you, but... Uh, Parliament will tour even, as long as George Clinton is breathing. He took a year off, said, I'm, you know, I, I, I mourned the funk out. But he decided he was going to funk again. And he is touring this year. I'm hoping he's touring next year because I want to get one last chance. But that motherfucker, when he, anybody, he'll, anybody will sit in with him. Can you imagine George Clinton asked anybody to sit in? I'm sure they would go, yes, of course, now <laughs> yeah, I will sit in. I mean, yeah, when? Mm-hmm. And don't worry, I'll pay my own way to get there. <laughs> but I thought I'd seen George Clinton a bunch of times. And depending where I'm at, I would dress up to go see him. I put on a fucking suit to go see Parliament. God damn it. I don't care. But I forgot that they'd been co-opted by the hippies also. So I went to, I went to go see this show. I'm in a fucking suit. Sharp as fuck, surrounded by 12 dreadlock white dudes named Chad. Oh, they all reek like patchouli. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I did get a nod because I was dancing. <laughs> I got a nod from Maceo Park. He went, all right. So uh, if you <coughs> have you ever seen then Parliament like put on a bad show? No. And, and I don't mean bad as in like, oh, George Clinton was too fucked up to like actually perform. No, because it's I not. I mean like the band, yeah. No, because the... Even when they have a sparse thing, there's three backup singers, a bass player, a drummer, a keyboardist, three guys on horns. So if somebody's having a shit night, somebody will turn their monitor down and they'll just dance because everybody else will bring it the fuck on. I have never, ever, ever seen a bad Parliament show. Oh, man. No, I got to get into Parliament. You don't have to, but you should. (laughs) 
you're right, James, I don't have to. And I'm going to put my foot down. No, I actually, probably after we are done with this, I will probably go try and find some of the old doo-wop stuff because I am a big, like, doo-wop era fan. Mm -hmm. And to kind of hear, like, because I'm sure there's still some of the, like, later parliament, like, you can still tell that it's them. Oh, yeah. And I'm very interested to hear how that sounds. Me too. That's appealing to me. Well, I can't wait for you to check them out. I'll make you actually, if you want, I'll make you a quick playlist. If you show me how to use Spotify, I'll make you a playlist of funk. Oh, sounds good, James. It is. It's it good sounds stuff. good. So I have, a, uh, I, I have something that I also wanted to talk about, and it just also happens to be music. Mm. So I have four names for you. Mm-hmm. Ian Hill, Glenn Tipton, K.K. Downing, and Rob Halford. Those oh. mean, names mean anything to you, James? Once you got a tip, then I'm like, priest. Oh, I, 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 I wanted to carve out some time specifically just to talk about Judas Priest. Because, and I think I've stated this on the podcast before, Judas Priest is hands down the greatest metal band of all time, bar none. That, that is, that's the gauntlet I'm throwing down here. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. For one specific type of metal, I will give you that. What do you mean? If I were to take, if I were to take metal and I say '80s metal, yes, Judas motherfucking Priest. Mm-hmm. But there are there was metal before and metal after, and uh, there are bands. Oh God, no! Hold on, because I know you're not a huge Maiden fan, but I put Maiden up there at least a quarter of the way up to Priest. So Judas, right, I'm working it, I'm, but Ju- yeah, Judas, not- Judas Priest's first album, Rockarola, released in 1974. Mm-hmm. And so here's the thing that you kind of have to remember when you listen to, especially like still 70s Judas Priest. They're still a band in the 70s. Mm-hmm. I've seen a video of the 70s. Yeah. So Rockarola, it's kind of almost like juke joint mm-hmm. rock. Uh, you know, it's 1974. It's pub rock. So pre-punk. Na- 1976, they make the kind of the change in Sad Wings of Destiny, mm-hmm. which is widely considered one of their greatest albums. Not one of my favorite, but it's still pretty fucking good. Can and I interject here real quick, though? Think about this, too. Their, their album, their first album that kind of rocked was 74, 75, and they eased into metal right around that time, 75, 76. Their punk and metal were coming from the same scene, and uh, they were just spreading out it didn't hit the states that that divide didn't really hit us till about 83 mm-hmm. but yeah you're, you're seeing the beginning of like metal or punk which way are you going and i mean you could very much make an argument uh, for black sabbath but i honestly as far as metal like mm-hmm. the core tenements of metal uh, judas priest is where it's at because in 1977 sin after sin came out okay dude Okay. I mean, it starts off, and it's immediately one of those things where 77, like you said, punk is coming around. You can hear where, like, the later punk sound. Mm-hmm. You listen to 1977 Sin After Sin, you can map in your head exactly where metal came from. And again, not to say that Judas, or not Judas Priest, that uh, Black Sabbath had no influence, but Black Sabbath, for the most part, was a lot slower, a lot dirgier, mm-hmm. and sometimes happier. Like there's some, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like the Never Say Die era, like oh, right before Ozzy left. Yeah, yeah. Oof. Mm. But I mean, the less said, the better. So yeah, 1977. So James, I want you to imagine something because how old were you in 77? Ten. Okay, and what did you know about music? Uh, at that point, I guess. I was. I had an older cousin that would leave me records. At that point, it was uh, in 77. Um, oddly, the, I had my first three out al- or my first four albums. I had Boston, or Boston, Boston, Kiss, Love Gun, and um, I had Vicente Fernandez and um, Parliament. I had six albums and, and the Pistols. Because my cousin would give me with all this shit. So I had a wide range. 
So I, I just want you to put yourself back in the mindset of 1977. Mm -hmm. You Somebody drags you to a concert, says it's this band, Judas Priest. And on stage is a group headed by a man with short blonde hair, completely covered in leather, and they're singing songs about being the sinner. I will give you the perfect answer. Right around that age, I was 11 or 12, something in there. No, I was a little younger, but the first concert I ever saw was Kiss. If the first concert I'd ever seen was Judas Priest, I would have been like, Kiss who? Mm-hmm. Fuck because, a bunch of all that. Because even in that, that era when, you know, Led Zeppelin is winding down, uh, the Who are winding down, the Stones are... Well, come on, they put out that great, great album in, in the early 80s, come on. But here... The come, new romantic album they tried to put out. Here come these dudes, and I guess you could, uh, to a lesser extent, I would say Motorhead is effectively more punk, <coughs> but... These well, dudes, see, that was going to be my counter, but these, I decided Motorhead yeah, trumps, so I couldn't but, use it. I mean, these dudes come out mm. covered in leather, playing fast-ass rock and roll with a man who has short hair, which, again, if you are in a rock and roll band in 1977, that's not a thing. No, that's a big fuck you. No, it's a man with short-cropped blonde hair who's howling like a fucking demon. Mm. So, and I mean, after that, obviously, uh, stained class... Killing Machine, uh, uh, the one with all the uh, uh, British Steel. Sorry, I was gonna say you it's British, forgot British Steel. Well, British that's got all the bangers on it. British Steel is one of my least favorites. I know, but if you take a look at like the shit that you'll hear, like nine times out of ten, if you hear Priest on the radio, it's from British Steel. Most of the time, yes. Yeah. But you're and not then, gonna hear Green Man Alicia on the fucking radio. Uh, I just found out not too long ago. You know who uh, originally wrote that? Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, weird as shit. Yeah, th I mean, this whole time, obviously, Judas Priest is still doing songs that sound like 1977, mm -hmm. a little bit. I mean, it's it doesn't sound like fucking Slayer. Yeah, but they are putting their stink on 77. Exactly. And, I mean, all the way up until 1982, Screaming for Vengeance comes mm -hmm. out. And I... Fucking shit you not. You listen to that. That's still a hard fucking album. Dude. It's fast. It's in your fucking face. And it's metal as shit, dude. And what I liked about Priest 2 is they would change slightly from album to album. They would bring you something different, but still be Priest. You know what I mean? Some albums, they'll try to bring you something different. And it's like, well, this is not what I fucking go to see you for. Yeah. They knew what made them them. Mm -hmm. But they said, okay, like I was talking about the funk earlier. Hey, let's put a little... Swing disco on it, man. Let's hey, put let's, a little this on there. Let's put a little that on there. Yeah, I know we're going to sing a song called Let Us Pray, EY, mm -hmm. but uh, let's also throw in a Joan Baez cover and really show off that Rob Helford can fucking sing. That guy's got some motherfucking pipes. And I mean, Defenders of the Faith is a fucking amazing album. Not Jawbreaker familiar. is fucking Jawbreaker killer. Dude, I, I mean, sure, there's a little bit of, of a slump. Nobody really wants to talk about Turbo. Um, it's funny. I thought I was a Priest fan until I sat down and talked to you right now. <laughs> like, I know some Priest. I know a couple of things, I, you know, and I I even know some of the deeper dives. But I'm like, dude, I forgot about that album completely. I forgot that even existed. I couldn't name one song of the goddamn thing. Yeah, and the, the last of the original run with Rob Helford is, I think, my favorite of theirs. It's, it's such a fucking incredible album it's well, insane they're musicians for christ's sake yeah that's when they uh they and it's 1990 so it's not like speed metal's been around for a long time it's not thrash granted mm -hmm. thrash has that harder edge this is more like i don't want to say Ingve malmsteen because he's just a bananas no, guitar but, player oh, but you, here's what happens there's metal that leans towards classical yes and priest that, that's speed metal yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah, the a yeah. little bit of the Ram It Down album. Yeah. Yeah, and that, dude, that was 1990. Mm-hmm. Look, their shit... They're still influencing metal. Like, you start to hear the blast beats that they're doing in that mm -hmm. album, and you just go, Jesus fucking Christ, man. Yeah, well, and not only that, but the guys, the guys in the band, from what I understand, were still around the scene listening to new artists, so they'd be like, oh, that, that sounds cool, I'll use that on my next album. I'll use that on the Max album. So they stayed afloat of the, you know, because they would immerse themselves into what's happening. 
and we may be old, but let's see what it would sound like if Priest did it. Yeah. And which I actually, which lends to something we were talking about earlier. There's only eight stories. We tell a story that smells like you. That's mm-hmm. what Priest did. They told that story that smells like them and nobody else smells like them. It's beautiful. Right. And I mean, besides, again, maybe Black Sabbath and Motorhead, you meet any metalhead and you ask their opinion on Judas Priest. If they tell you, fuck Judas Priest, don't trust a goddamn thing that they have to say. Their mm-hmm. opinion is dog shit. I mean, they are so influential, even up to this day, mm-hmm. bands like uh, Warbringer, a, a newer thrash band, directly cites them as influences because, I, I mean... To and I, I do want to say, let us pray. It starts out with this really kind of synthy, stupid sound and intro, and you're like, God damn, that's 1990 or 1977 rock and roll. And then it hits like what today, if a band got on stage mm-hmm. and that song had never been written, and that was the first fucking notes that they started to play, I would perk up and go, God damn, that's metal as shit, dude. Mm-hmm. Plus, I mean. Look at all the shit that they had to go through. They were on trial. I don't know if a lot of people know about this. Judas Priest was sued because two kids killed themselves. In, in, in the early 90s, they were on trial for these kids' suicides. And they had to go in front of a judge and say, like, listen, man, we make rock and roll albums. Like, mm-hmm. This wasn't our fault. We're very, very sorry about that. And this, it was the but... same. It was the same uh, PMRC witch hunt bullshit. Fuck. That was the only. The only good thing that came out of that is a lot of fucking good music came out of that. A lot of good music came out specifically because of the PMRC. Mm-hmm. Fuck them. Let's say, and I mean, uh, the biggest one, and this is one of the things that, like, I. I'm not going to say I'm the world's biggest metalhead. There's a lot of metal that I don't really care for. But one of the things that made me like the absolute proudest ever of the entire metal community was when Rob Halford came out as gay. What, maybe 5% of metalheads went, oh, fuck Judas Priest. Everybody else is like, yeah, who gives a shit? Fucking Priest, man. Yeah, Judas Priest fucking rules. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? Who gives a shit? And that's... One of those things that, like, you can say whatever you want about the metal community, that they're lazy, bunch of slobs, bunch of drunks, slacker, fuck-offs, whatever. They're not full of hate. Because when Rob Helford came out as gay, I'm still pretty sure that there's that video clip of some dickhead in, like, New Jersey or something. I don't care if Rob Helford fucks a dog. Judas Priest is the greatest band of all time. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those things that, like, yeah, man, Judas Priest is that fucking good. And you know, I will tell you, if I think about all the people that I know are down for a music scene, okay? The metalheads that I know are the most together out of all the scenesters that I know, you know? And, and I hang out with a lot of different music scenes. But the metalheads, they're, they're like, they're, their brotherhood's more like a brotherhood. Oh, you're all right. Hey, come. Oh, shit, you're having a rough time in a the pit. They'll pull you out, that kind of shit. And they just seem to have it. Together for that kind of, you know, that kind of scene. Yeah. It, don't break the rules. The fuck get no. Fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead and try and like hit a woman at a metal show. See, see how that fucking but does that's, for you. But that's stand up guy shit that I would, you know, you don't get in a lot of scenes. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, now that you mentioned, I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. And that's what I said. Any metalhead that's worth their cred, you ask him about Judas Priest, you are not going to hear a single bad thing. And that's what, like... Going through and actually listening to the full albums and not just, you know, a greatest hits compilation, they are just an incredible band. Well, in some of their some of their albums, if you listen to them all the way through, loosely tell a story and are are stuck in such a way that they're supposed to. It's not overt, but if you listen to the whole album, you're like, wait a second, did they just put a story together in all those songs? Uh-huh. God damn it. Uh-huh. The fuck? Yeah, man. And like I said, I, I just wanted to carve out some time it, since we uh, have the time available in our podcast to really just shower. And I know Judas Priest doesn't need my praise, but to anyone who's listening to this who hasn't sat down, like, go listen to Stained Class from, I think, 78? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, 78. Because yeah. Killing Machine and Unleashed in the East, the live album, were in 79, and then British Steel was in 80. Well, I'll tell you what. I would say... If you haven't listened to them, well, like myself, you know, I've got so many things to choose from that I forget 
how solidly good Priest is and what a good fun listen it is. Yeah, and when, like, yeah, you turn on uh, Stained Class, and the first song is Exciter, and you hear how fast it is. It's not as distorted, because, again, it's 1978. That's not how you made records back then. It wasn't super fuzzy like metal distortion is now. I was just... It sounds reasonably clean, but it's fucking fast. Mm -hmm. And it's metal as shit, man. I I completely rescind what I, I mentioned earlier, Maiden. But I just thought about something. I can listen to an entire Priest album. Fuck me running if I can listen to an entire Maiden album. No. Because I think about Maiden as the greatest hits on one album. And my, I, I, there are eight songs that I love. Yeah. Two Minutes to Midnight is possibly one of the finest metal, or, uh, metal songs ever penned. It's and, fucking incredible. And anybody can say what they want. To this day, the Trooper comes on. Mm-hmm. Then, Goddamn right. I'm fucking there. Mm-hmm. But I think of it as one album as opposed to I had to sift through you know, talking about pyramids and shit. I don't give a flying fuck. In the age of the dinosaurs. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. If I wanted to listen to Rush, I'd put on a goddamn Rush album. Come and shred something. Do something. Mm-hmm. You know? No no offense towards Rush. It's just not my, it's not my bag. And that's why I, I mean, I, you could make a very compelling argument for Motorhead as well, being like the greatest metal band of all time. But when you think about like, what metal encompasses as a whole, like Motorhead is honestly kind of more of like a rock and roll punk band because I mean, they were good and they were fast as shit. Yeah, they that, they were punk. metal as fuck. Yeah. But I mean, even Lemmy is like, yeah, we'd have been considered a punk band if our hair wasn't so long. I will tell you that. It, I will grant you that priest is the best, right? But Motorhead is metal. Oh, absolutely. I wasn't... No, no, no. I'm, no, I'm not saying they're not metal. I'm saying they are metal large, not... You say, like, Priest is the best metal band, but Motorhead's metal. Mm-hmm. Overarching. Like I said, and I mean... I'm, any, that was a great signal to do on an audio medium, too. It sure was. Like I said, I mean... I did it twice because it made more sense to me. And you know how much, like, I love Slayer. Mm. And there are tons of metal bands, like Anthrax... God damn it, I love Anthrax. I but, fucking love the fact that but, they covered Joe Jackson. But none of that shit, none of it exists without Judas Priest. Oh, God, no. And I think what Priest did, too, was brought a more visual. I will also blame Priest for fucking spandex. That's fair. Okay? But what they did was they brought theater to it. Because traditionally, a lot of the metal bands you'd see, you now... Gym shoes, jeans, t-shirt, hair. Gym shoes. They fucking brought a goddamn show. And I will tell you. They were an aesthetic on top Uh, of being good. Going back to Parliament. Parliament could have had a bad show musically. I wouldn't notice because they had stage shows. They had skits. They had a dude dancing in fucking diaper. That shit was happening. The mothership was landing. It was a fucking show. It's like Alice Cooper. You're seeing something. But they brought a different type of theater metal, like a tough, like this mm, fucking raw edge. And it was easy to hang your head on. So people who wouldn't necessarily notice metal were like, the fuck am I seeing? Mm -hmm. What the fuck am I hearing? You know? And they brought people who made, I think they brought metal to the forefront. They brought, they made metal what it is. Yeah. And that is why, like I said, they are the hands down, the greatest metal band of all time. You could, I would say if you wanted to say rock and roll band, sure. Maybe Sabbath. But if we're talking metal, without Judas Priest, none of that shit exists. It's like, tune in to hear us opine about shit we love and watch James actually (laughs) process in real time. Yeah, because, I mean, the equal parts Motorhead, I will say, I guess, because you don't get thrash, which Mm -hmm. is uh, like the original, I guess, like form of metal. But But the actual, what I consider a metalhead aesthetic, it's Motorhead. Because, you know, okay, metal's gone through the spikes and the spandex and the this and the that and the hair and the no hair. But a fucking jean jacket and jeans and fucking jack boots and a band t-shirt never changed. Nope. And that is what Motorhead brought. Yep. That kind of salt of the earth, we're scum, but, you know, fuck you, we're our scum. Mm-hmm. That's the whole, that's what metal is. 
So yes, they brought metal to everybody, and metal wouldn't exist without Priest. But Motorhead, is Motorhead would have metal. existed. But I mean, any of the bands that we've listed as being like the forefront of metal, oh, yeah. even oh, like yeah. Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden wouldn't exist without Judas Priest. Iron. I mean, I'm sure they listened to Motorhead, but there's no not a whole lot of connective tissue there. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said the as far as like the epicness of metal. I, Judas Priest, that's Fucking where a. it starts. Absolutely. That's absolutely where it starts. I couldn't have been more 80s at all. Fucking A. Bitching. Goddamn right. That was choice. Uh, any, anything else that you just want to get off your chest God. as we kind of bring this one into a landing? You know, what I really enjoy is traditionally when I start talking about something I'm really interested in, everybody just shuts down. But I actually got to talk about fucking funk and boogaloo because nobody i know has ever heard of it even cares about it even though it's actually flashing its little head up in hip-hop now so mm. man and uh i don't know if he's still around but i know immortal technique he was uh i i don't want to say he was of spanish descent he was a rapper from new york Mm -hmm. and he uh introduced a lot of uh like Latina or Latino elements mm-hmm. into his rap. And not only was he talented, but like, oh, that's interesting. I yeah. like that. Because, I mean, Big Pun did a little back in the day, and a few others did. But, I mean, like, as far as straight up, like, oh, I'm also a Spanish-speaking rapper. Like, man, that dude's really good. I don't know if he's making albums anymore. Well, actually, Boogaloo was a style before the Boogaloo Salsa, but the sound, have you ever heard our, you're familiar with Herbie Hancock, right? Uh, not like intimately, but well, he had a song called "Watermelon Man," which which is a boogaloo that was what really hit off the salsa sound. So, just so you know, I say uh, favorite doo-wop group. God damn, my favorite Temptations. F- fair, <laughs> good answer. I guess like I, I could think of other doo-wop bands, but that's the fucking Temps. But um, outside of the Temps. Mm. on in the Belmonts, baby. Four Tops, The Ink Spots. Uh, who else do I like? God damn. Well, there's there about three or four other ones, but there's a there's a bad, the Cardinals. I say, the Jesters. I, I know a lot of the music at, at that time was uh, uh, veiled sexual references, but I do love Dion in the Belmonts just being a total sleazeball, like being pretty much outright about like, no, I just fuck a lot of girls. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, you know, like you do. I'm, I'm a rock star. Yeah, like, all right, all right, man. I, I guess if you are the wanderer, who am I to argue? <laughs> Everybody else is kind of t- hinting at it. I'm just telling you what's up. Oh, by the way, I'll be in your town next week. Be ready. Hell yeah. Get a little Good. Dion in these Belmonts. <laughs> oof. Oof. Some Dion in the Bell Bottoms? Uh, I, that was precursor. They'd, they'd have peg James, pants. just let me have it. But they would have had peg pants and cool fucking just, shoes. I, all right. I guess I can't argue with you on the shoe front. No, you cannot. No, I, I do not have a leg to stand on in that argument, and I refuse to engage in that because I have no fashion sense whatsoever. <laughs> it's, it's absolute dog shit. Uh, I have a tiny little bit. To, I have a tiny bit enough to know that I don't have much, so... <laughs> Yeah, I again, I, I've stuck with the, uh, as you were saying, the metalhead or punk rock, uh, I don't want to say uniform, but the standard, jeans, t-shirt, call it good. The only thing that's keeping me from being a fashion mishap on a regular basis is the fact that I'm broke as fuck, and I'm, the last thing I can do is spend money on clothes. Oh yeah, I mean, if I could find some like cool parachute pants, some rainbow parachute pants, I don't see why I wouldn't buy them. I have not actually bought clothes for fashion fashion in a bunch of years can you imagine if i just went and i i had like a grand to spend on clothes what god awful shit that i would pick just because i thought it was looking cool and it was i can't even imagine be horrible so so pretty much what we need to do is send me a grand yeah beg our audience to send james all of the money because and get this we can go back to chicago (gasps) where you can do some real shopping and then I can get me some of them Italian beefs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Italian beefs. And, and and you can show me all the actual good spots in neighborhoods. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can and do that. That, too. Oh, so and all look, the fun stores and shit. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm imagining you know where to get at least a decent taco in Chicago. Yeah, it's hard not to get one. 
Uh, it's not all, Michigan. All right. Oh, hey, you know what? I have some delicious ground turkey tacos indoors. No. Well, allow me to get some Velveeta and Iceberg to top that off. No, actually, check it out. If you'll notice when did you Did you use romaine? When you were... I did, actually. <gasps> but if you'll notice when you were walking up, my arugula in my garden is growing. <laughs> is that so, code? No. My arugula is growing. Oh, wow. It's wonderful. A little bit of green stops at your salad. Mm-mm. <laughs> on my turkey tacos. Yeah, you can take those turkey tacos and fuck right the fuck off. Put some mayonnaise on them. Mm-mm-mm. Little ranch dressing. <laughs> I'm not an animal, James. <laughs> so Said that, the guy with the turkey taco and mayonnaise. Fuck you. Yeah, it, it's like a south-of-the-border turkey sandwich. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> South of Mount Pleasant doesn't really count, buddy. I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, you know what? It's my world. I'll do what I goddamn well please. Hey, James. Yes. Hey, where can people find us? Stop it. Pull it together. Come on, man. Okay, they can get it. Get it done. They can find us at horrorvomitpodcast at gmail.com. They can find us on the Facebook. We have a Facebook page, we have Instagram. And um, also listen to the podcast on one of our beautiful podcasters and give us the stars, all the stars, and at least a five-word review to get us on <clears throat> to get us on a uh, algorithm. And please, 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 you're do like us a, a toy, favor. You're like a toy that just got new batteries in like, it. Like, wow, I'll get the batteries again. No, but please, if you want to hear us opine about something, uh, throw it on the Facebook page. We will at yeah, least We attack. are not hard to get a hold of. If there's anything, and I mean, I'll look some shit up. No, fuck yeah. I'll <laughs> listen to some shit I've never listened to. I don't give yeah, a fuck. Fuck it. We'll, we'll give our thoughts on anything the, anything you'd like to hear us jib-jab about. Oh my God, open it up. Yeah. Just, just, just some yammering idiots. You want to hear us talk about anything? Anything at all. Mm, well, no, not, not anything, anything at all. No. We you, do draw lines. Yeah, I say, you, you know what's appropriate, everybody. Don't... Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Don't. You know who you are. We're Just watching don't. you. We're mm. watching you. And we can hear you through the microphone. Fucking filth pigs. Push the button. Goddamn swine. Push the button. I, I hate each and every one of them, James. But please send us your suggestions. Goodbye, everybody. Have a good night. Good night. Terrifying.